For those of you who obviously can't see this, uh, Steve's got three small grey tiles stuck <laughs> to his wall. It's to improve the sound quality. <laughs> the sound quality is through the roof after buying these three small grey tiles. The things we do for this podcast, mate. My name's Will. And my name's Steve. You haven't got time to read War and Peace. Even if it is one of the greatest novels of all time. 587,000 words, 612 grams. That's the weight of the book. 500 characters, 361 chapters, three volumes, two epilogues, and a collection of maps. We're going to summarise all of it for you. This is War and Peace in just seven years. (laughs) (gasps) Steve, it's 11-11. So what, the end of World War One? No, that's Yuri Geller's favourite time, the guy who can bend spoons. Okay, well, this episode is dedicated to Yuri Geller, because we're recording right now, it's 11.11, apparently Will tells me it's Yuri Geller's favourite time. (laughs) It is! And Steve, welcome, and welcome everyone (laughs) to episode 39 of War and Peace in Just Seven Years. We are off to a fantastic start with that Yuri Geller stuff. If you're listening, Yuri, please do write in. Let us know uh, why it's your favourite time. And also, how do you do it? How do you bend the spoon, Yuri? We'd love to know. How do you do it? Come on, Yuri, you've held the secret long enough. Pass it on, mate. Tell us. Just tell me. A secret shared is a secret... um, shared so profound speaking of profound words we've actually had some really lovely emails this week priscilla from the canary islands has got back to us so we've got some great intel on the the quantity of canaries that are scattered around the island she tells us yes there are canaries on the canary islands oh my god although it's not that easy to see them they're not everywhere like flies god i was so i was so worried then about just about her safety really yeah uh, okay she also says that she's bought war and peace and she's reading through it she's bought it in spanish show off it's called guerra y paz oh it sounds fantastic after we finish the english version of the podcast <laughs> uh, we'll crack next. on we'll crack on with the spanish one and on that note on the email note hello to a, a new listener jake austin from the US. He loves the podcast. He's at university in Boston. And Steve, guess what Jake wants to do when he's a full grown-up? He wants to learn he wants to learn the Daniel Cooper and take it to the world stage, go global with the Daniel Cooper. Is it that, Will? (laughs) Uh, Almost certainly, but also (laughs) alongside that, he wants to be a diplomat. He's training to be an actual diplomat. And Jake... That is so diplomatic. That is so diplomatic. And Jake, we all know that what you mean is you're training to be a spy. Just be honest, Jake. One blink for yes. <laughs> Two blinks for no. Jake, Priscilla, Steve, Tolstoy. Everyone else. <laughs> Everyone else. Welcome. Hello and welcome. Steve, what on earth happened last week? I'm going to keep it brief, but basically we had a fantastic day in the life of Andy Pandy. We got to follow him around like a little dog or a a very eager fly or some Mm. horde of hornets. Yes. He had a great day. He went to see the emperor. The emperor was really pleased about the news. Completely naked. Yes, probably naked. But sadly, it turns out that the incompetence of the Russian army and its allies knows no bounds. And they've been unable to burn yet another bridge, which means Napoleon... And France, they're coming. And so Andy's got to go and save the day. He's got to go and save the literal entire world himself. 
and hopefully he will finally get the opportunity to do an Andy. And let's not forget his fresh epigrams. Oh. But Steve, enough of all of that. Let's create new fresh epigrams today. Onwards. Mackety mackety moo. <laughs> let's just get fully mackety mackety moo moo. The reading. Just grabbing my book. I'd have thought you'd have already had that prepared, mate. <laughs> uh, you're funny. You're really funny. You're a funny man. Mr. Aide de Camp. How to be famous. I can't make out at all. Andy Pandy wants to be famous, we've learnt, so I'm just going to give him some tips now. Ah, from Vienna. Later, later, later. Oh, here we go. Wikihow.com. So you've decided you want to become famous. Yep. Here's three steps. One can't write so fast, your honour. So you can find a path to fame. Yep. That's method one. You just... oh, that's useful, that. All right. Yeah. So you can, then you want to stand out from other people. For example, yep. if you love to skateboard, find your own unique tricks. <laughs> that's that's shockingly stupid advice, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then the, four, and then the fourth... Um, the fourth... The fourth. <laughs> this is this is shockingly yeah. dumb. Go well, on. But once you've found your own look and your own flair and you're doing your own tricks, then yeah. that's when you audition for a reality show. Step four. Oh, okay. So all I've got to do is learn to skateboard, invent a new skateboarding trick, yeah. and then then I'm ready to audition for a show. Sure. And then there's two more steps after that. Um, Are there? Yeah. Be generous. Okay. So, for example, one man. Um, Cy yep. Berger had famously long eyebrows. Okay. So he, he, he shaved them off and raised money, and I guess now he's famous, I suppose. Ah, I'm gonna have to, gonna have to stop you there. I'm not sure that's, that's right. true, Steve. Well, no, then you, then you just need to break a world record and post a silly video, and then you'll be famous. <laughs> you've, you've disrupted me so much, I can't even focus on the book. Well, that's only one of three methods. Well, goodbye, Prince. The other methods I'll just skim over. You can be talented. Yeah, all right. And the other one is just brand yourself. Be 100% silent, Steve. I have <laughs> finished reading oh, okay. the book. Oh, well, that's such a shame. Well, we can pick that up another time. If anyone tries out any of those methods, do let us know if you become famous. I guess we'll find out just, you know, naturally, but... You'll just suddenly be famous. Oh, my God, you see that guy doing the, the triple backflip with the long <laughs> wow. eyebrows? What a great guy. <laughs> and he gave all his eyebrow hair to charity. So... Is Andy going to use any of these methods, Will? You've read the chapter. I guess we'll find out. I hope we will. Let's open, if I may, with a direct quote. Oh, brazen. From War and Peace. Sure, yeah. <laughs> that same night, having taken leave of the Minister of War, Bolkonsky, a.k.a. Andy Pandy, set off to rejoin the army, not knowing where he would find it and fearing to be captured by the French on the way to Krems. He's so bloody brave, this guy. He's a hero in the making. He is a capital H <laughs> hero. Capital A arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> capital N narcissist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In Brunn, modern-day Brno, yeah. everyone is packing up their stuff. So we're very much following on immediately after your chapter, Steve. They're running away. Very sensible. They are running away. Near Hetzelsdorf, Andy Pandy meets up with the Russian army 
and they're in great disorder. Not the Russian army. It's unbelievable. It's, ha- it's, it's happening again. The road is obstructed again. By horses and carts and stuff like that. By horses and carts and baggage. It's an absolute nightmare. But Pandy is having none of it. He grabs a horse and heads off to find the commander-in-chief, Kutsuzov. Why not? And his own luggage. Also very important. So he's left his bags with the general or something like that. All we know, Steve, so far is that Pandy really needs to speak to Kutsuzov and he needs to know where his luggage is. Where's his own horse? Where's Janet? I don't know if this is a new horse, Steve, or if this is Janet. Um, Unfortunately, Tolstoy just doesn't bother to tell us. Tolstoy is really good at writing the book and he's done a really great job. Yeah, he's done a good job. Yeah, he's done a good job. My only criticism so far, and maybe he was thinking that there would be a spin-off uh, set of mm. books that would, would flesh it out a bit, is what's maybe. going on with the lives of the horses? Where are they? What do they think? Who do they love? What are their names? What are their names? <laughs> Andy looks around at this kind of mess of soldiers and baggage and everyone's shouting and everyone's covered in bloody mud. And he thinks, God, this looks bad. Yeah. And then he is reminded of what his hero once said. Papa Smurf. Sete arme russe ke lord de l'Angleterre a transporté de extremité de l'univers. Nous allons lui faire approuver la même sorte, la sorte de l'ami de Holm. His hero is obviously Napoleon Bonaparte, his mortal enemy. You've just absolutely nailed it. Bonaparte is Andy's hero it's so confusing and what i want to say well it's just a fantastic attempt at the french language there really really you, beautiful mate. beautiful Thank stuff you. you'll notice what i was doing there was speaking fluent french with a slight russian very accent clever, which is yeah. actually very challenging incredibly accurate can you give us a translation yes of course i can that russian army which has been brought from the ends of the earth by english gold we shall cause to share the same fate the fate of the army at Ulm. Ooh. Fighting talk from Bonaparte. Wow. What a Bonapartism that is. What a witty epigram from Bonaparte there. Bonaparte, we can all agree, is a true genius and Andy Pandy's hero. And I love him too. He doesn't have to be a genius. He just has to be smarter than the Russians, which... Which is really not very <laughs> not difficult. a whole lot so far. Steve, perhaps a small violin starts to play okay. in the background. A, a sad one. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah, go on. Keep, keep it going. Woo, 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 woo. This is Andy. Woo, woo, woo. And should there be nothing left woo, but to die? Woo, 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 well, woo, 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 if need be, I shall do it no worse woo, woo, than others. Do you want more? No, I don't. (laughs) Really lovely, lovely, sad violin there, Steve. What an emotional thing for him to say. He's ready to die. (sighs) He's such a hero. Uh, Steve, this is a fun little quiz for you. Name a few things the Russian army are bad at. Uh, Well, they're bad at attacking. They're bad at planning. Oh, yeah. They're bad at Mm -hmm. logistical organisation of their resources. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. They're bad at being sober. Yeah. So I, I, don't know, I could go on. Yeah, I mean, of course you could go on. They're also just bad at simply moving from one area to another. Oh, yeah. yeah. And of course. And I'm sorry to have to say this, Steve, and we've talked about horses uh, today already, but they're also very bad at caring for their horses. Yeah. When Andy's riding along, he looks on the sides of the road and oh, this is awful. There are fallen horses on the side of the street. Some are flayed oh. and some are not. 
Okay. Well, that's on the, plus, on the plus side. <laughs> Swings and roundabouts there. But we know we know that they are also, they lose vast numbers of, of human people as well. You're right. It's not just dangerous for horse people during this time. They need to allow more time for travelling. Andy's looking out at this complete mess. Here is our dear Orthodox Russian army, thought Bolkonsky. Quick memory check, Steve. Have you been paying attention? Who is Andy looking for? He's looking for Bolk... Bolk that's, him, that's himself. Um, yeah, that's himself. He's looking for the general, Bezakov. He, he's looking for Bezakov. Amazing. You're not following. I didn't think you were. <laughs> he's looking for the commander-in-chief, Kutsuzov. Sorry, all the names are very similar, so uh, I'm sorry. I accept your apology. Suddenly, he sees a strange one-horse vehicle, sort of a mishmash of random bits and bobs the soldiers have pieced together. Like a sort of rag and bones man, like like Steptoe and Sons. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. And Steve, I'm sure you're about to go on to say probably a combination of a, of a cart, a cabriolet and a calèche. Yes, yes. All of our favourite cart transports. All of our favourite ones. I mean, it's fair to say Steve really knows his 19th century carriages and you've really demonstrated that there. Thank you. So a soldier is driving uh, this kind of hybrid monster and at the front of the carriage, there is a woman under a sheet. Dead? No, she's not dead. I've got very little uh, here, but we're, I'll, I'll try my best. It's a very odd scene. Could be a migraine, I suppose. Yeah, she could be dressed as a ghost. Is Dr. Lorraine around? <laughs> could be too much tartar. She could be protecting herself from the sun. Oh, yeah, okay. Now, unfortunately for everyone involved, this weird cart with the sheeted woman is holding everyone back a bit, even more so than everyone else. So, Steve, a problem for you to solve. You're an officer. Yeah. This cart's in the way of everyone. You need to get it moving. How are you going to fix the problem, Officer Steve? Right. Okay. Um, maybe the cart could be given a few more horses. Oh, add to its power. Increase its horsepower, if you will. <laughs> maybe a thousand horses. Attach a thousand horses to it. Or just like ten or something. Five. I don't know. Or a thousand. Yeah. Ten, five, a thousand. You don't know. You're not sure of the number, but yeah. you'd add more horses to the cart. Yeah. Well, silly, that's not how you solve a problem like this. Mm. What you do is you ride up next to the guy driving the cart and you just start whipping him. You just whip oh, him, beat him. Okay, so yeah, the man yeah, is supposed yeah. to be whipping the horse and he's obviously not doing that enough, so send someone yeah. on to whip the man. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you <laughs> see what it. I mean? He's slowing yeah. people down. You just, you, you've got to whip him. Got it. So the officer is just whipping the hell out of that soldier. Now the woman in the sheet, she doesn't like this. So she starts screaming. Right. right? She's shouting, right. screaming. It's a very strange scene. And then Andy uh, is coming up onto this quite nightmarish a scene, I would of say. And then she somehow sees Andy, even though she's under the sheet. And then she shouts, Mr. Eight Camp, for heaven's sake, protect me. What will become of us? I am the wife of the doctor of the seventh chasseurs. They won't let us pass. It's Dr. Lorraine's wife. <laughs> Mate, what if it is? <gasps> it could be Dr. Lorraine's wife. All we know for certain is that she is the wife of a doctor and she's under a sheet. Well, we only know of one doctor, mate. Back to the officer whipping the soldier. I'll flatten you into a pancake. <laughs> does he say that? He says that word for word. Steve, what does hero Andy do? I think he stands up on his horse, leaps right. from his horse right. onto the back of the soldier, rips his head okay. off. <laughs> yeah then he yeah. he jumps onto the other cart pulls the sheet off and yep. passionately kisses 
the doctor's wife and they all go home and Napoleon he's just turns around he's so impressed and he's a hero and that's it that's the end of the book oh I really really wish that were true oh <laughs> he compresses his lips okay good start let them pass I tell you oh and who are you cried the officer turning on him with tipsy rage who are you are you in command here eh i am commander in not you go back or i'll flatten you like a pancake oh my god (laughs) he likes that (laughs) phrase this guy he loves flattening stuff i think we can all agree steve as andy thinks that that man we've just witnessed is in a senseless tipsy rage i think he's blind drunk but sure (laughs) (laughs) steve i want you to fill in the blank here we're going to go into andy's brain Andy saw that his championship of the doctor's wife and her queer trap might expose him to what he dreaded more than anything in the world, to blank. What he really dreads is not having the opportunity to be famous and rich. So obscurity. Obscurity. Oh, that's a very clever guess. What he dreads more than anything, Steve, is to ridicule. Okay. He hates being ridiculed. He hates having to ridicule people. I think he hates having to ridicule people. He's an odd man. Doesn't sound like him. (laughs) It doesn't. But his instinct urged him on. Before the officer finished his sentence, Prince Andrew, his face distorted with fury, rode up to him and raised his riding whip. And sort of the opposite of that famous bridge scene with Gandalf and the Bullrog, he shouts, (laughs) Kindly let them pass. Great analogy. Great. And who Thank falls you. down the big hole and is possibly dead? And and then and then Andy falls in. Yeah, and yeah. he's got a big beard now and a right. big magical right, stick. Right. And who's yeah. Bilbo Baggins? Uh, Billabin. That's quite close, isn't sure. it? Sure. Why not? Just similar names. Why not? Yeah. Billabin Baggins. Potatoes. And so on and so and So forth. on and no more. <laughs> <laughs> and we've all learned a valuable lesson there, Steve. If you're ever in a senseless tipsy rage, yeah. please don't ride a horse and also maybe just leave your whip at home. Yeah, don't go around whipping people when you're drunk or at all. Andy or the deliverer as the doctor's wife now calls him. Brilliant nickname. He doesn't need any more nicknames, but that one might stick. <laughs> it's gonna, to be honest, I think we'll be fair to the listeners here, and we probably won't add that one to the list for now. Andy Pandy, the deliverer. Uh, no, you're right. We will, we will <laughs> add it. We will. Andy Pandy, the deliverer, arrives at the village, and he's bloody starving, when suddenly a friend pops up at the window. The Wappin' Seven resident clown. Who is it, Steve? Could it be Vera? She's scary like a clown. (laughs) Vera just slowly, slowly appears in the window. Spiders everywhere. It could be Vera. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying that. It's absolutely not Vera. It's Nestvitsky, the Joker. Of course. Oh, yes. Sorry. Sorry. He's working on his five minute set. He's always working on his next bit of stand up. And he goes in. Uh, Steve, you know it's serious when not even Nestvitsky is laughing anymore. Yeah. It's, What's happened? Well, just the kind of situation, yeah. you know? They're really yeah. in a bad situation. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. the war is going very badly. <laughs> that's not, a bit, it's actually that's not funny one, anymore. No. Even Nesvitsky feels bad about making jokes about how defeated Mac got. He's yeah, like, he, shouldn't have even made that joke about Mac. 
Because yeah. it was actually really bad. <laughs> it's actually, because actually when you look back at it, they were our allies and they all got killed. Yeah, and now we're running away and like literally loads of people are dead. <laughs> and we're all going to die as well. Probably yeah. shouldn't have been laughing about that yesterday. You know what? It wasn't that funny, actually. <laughs> I'm not going to say sorry, but... No, but Steve, more importantly, Netsvisky is concerned about where Andy Pandy's luggage is. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> of course he is. And you'll be pleased to know, everyone listening will be pleased to know this, uh, Nesvitsky has absolutely fantastic luggage, by the way. Oh, no doubt. He's got armoires coming out of the portmanteau, he has. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've made up splendid packs for me, fit to cross the Bohemian Mountains with. So uh, Nesvitsky's got great luggage. It's a very strange conversation these two have now. Uh, but you know, Steve, you know the situation's bad when even Andy doesn't want to chat about luggage anymore. Oh, my God. Steve, quick memory check. Why is Andy here again? He's come to save the world. <laughs> Steve, why is Andy here again? <laughs> he wants to come and speak to the commander. <laughs> yeah, who? Bon- <laughs> <laughs> who? Who does he want to speak to, Steve? Resvitsky. Resvitsky. You've got to make a name up. Rolkonsky. He wants to speak to Kutsisov, the commander-in-chief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's time to do that. Kutsisov himself, he was told, was in the house with Prince Bagration and also Weyrother. Now, Weyrother has taken over from our dear old friend Schmidt. Okay. Who we never knew once. Now, Steve, Andy goes into this little house to go and speak to Kutsuzov uh, and those chaps. This is yeah. quite a weird scene now, and I'm really going to need your help like deciphering it. Okay. Andy goes into the first room and sees Kovzlowski squatting on his heels right. in front of a clerk. Sure. He's dictating a letter to this clerk. Okay. The clerk, with cuffs turned up, was hastily writing at a tub turned bottom upwards oh yeah okay what's going on steve the first chap he was having a bath yeah but they needed to write a letter and yeah. so they upturned <laughs> the bath yeah and, and yeah, now yeah. he's got nowhere to you know lie or sit so he's squatting makes sense and then they're writing they're using the bathtub as a um as a as a table he, he's squatting because there's water everywhere there's water everywhere yeah and keeping warm this chap's just writing on a bathtub yeah I think it's fair to say that this is quite a powerful visual metaphor for the army's performance so far. <laughs> yeah, they've really kind of hit rock bottom here, haven't they? <laughs> this is this is low. What's being dictated, Steve? Dispositions for bag ration. So those are his next orders. Will it be peace-based orders or will they be war-based orders, Steve? I kind of think like they should just run away. Like they are <laughs> not going to win. So <laughs> Run away, lads. Orders are issued for a battle. Okay. <laughs> Andy gets to the next door. Why are we here again, Steve? We're coming to see Kutsuzov. Fantastic. See, repetition works. This is really good. Andy opens the door. Kutsuzov, with his eagle nose and mm. puffy face, appeared in the doorway. Okay. I'm amazed neither of us have ever noticed this before, Steve, but Kutsuzov only has one eye. What? <laughs> it's, it seems quite odd to be finding this out now. He's literally only got one eye. It's never been mentioned. 
it can't have been mentioned. He was shot in the head wow. in some other war and just doesn't have one of his eyes. He's a serious chap. He's got a big scar. He's got a big scar. Someone's got to draw him. Please do. Big puffy cheeks like a like a big fish. Oh, an eagle on his nose. B- big eagle's beak and then no eye <laughs> and a big scar from the, from the top of his hair down to his chin. Please, someone draw it, please. Or if you want, you could draw Bagrashin who's gaunt and middle-aged. Oh, yes, also also a very compelling thing to draw. <laughs> it really is up to you. Kutsuzov is saying farewell to Baggy, Bagration. My blessing, and may Christ be with you in your great endeavour. As far as goodbyes go, this is up there with the best of them. With his left hand, he drew Bagration towards him, and with his right, on which he wore a ring, He made the sign of a cross over him with a gesture evidently habitual, offering his puffy cheek, but Bagration (laughs) kissed him on the neck instead. Wow, that's very sensual. To kiss kiss someone on the neck is, you know, that's quite erotic, isn't it? Now, Steve, what does Andy want out of this war? All he wants is to be the most famous war hero in Russia and the world. Exactly. Andy wants to be a hero. So he says to Kutsuzov, let me go with Baggy. I want to fight. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Kutsuzov says no. He's needed with him. And they jump in a carriage together and then they sit in silence. Good stuff. (laughs) Pandy looks at Kutsuzov's empty eye socket for a bit. Okay. <laughs> Just stares at it. It's a bit... Is that rude? Seems like it might be. The silence continues. Awkward, twiddling their thumbs. After a while, Kutsuzov strikes up a conversation about Andy's encounter with the Emperor and about some ladies they both know. And that is that. <laughs> okay, is that the end of the chapter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, wowzers. So I would say Andy's plans to become the world's greatest war hero, they're, they're not going exactly perfectly. No, Kutsuzov really needs him for some reason. We don't know why he needs him, though. Maybe he needs some kind of super Andy Pandy war hero type man, you know. Or just for the conversation. Or just for the chats in the carriage. <laughs> <laughs> Bag rations off. He's off to fight. Good luck to Baggy, I say. He's going to become what Andy wants to be. This is the moment. <gasps> uh, Steve, I think that's a really good prediction. Uh, I think Baggy could become the hero that Andy so desperately wants and then Andy would just become a shell of a man. Like the like the empty eye socket of, of Kitsuzov. A beautiful image, a very poignant <laughs> use of words. Do you know, it would also be quite harrowing to have your Uber driver essentially whipped whilst you're in the back uh, yeah. in a sheet. It, it would be a shocking turn of events. <laughs> it would be, it'd be an awful trip, wouldn't Someone it? Someone pulls up on a moped next to your <laughs> whipping, Uber. Just whipping it. It's not good. It's not good. No, no. And I think that guy on the moped with the whip was drunk officer. <laughs> it's the summary summary. Steve, did you like my memory techniques I was trying out on you today? Did that help? It was hard work and it made me embarrassed and feel stupid. Because <laughs> if I'm being honest, I was shocked how long it took uh, for you to remember even a very simple thing. Yeah. Well, what can I say? All the names are, are quite similar. Look, I'm sure that people have read War and Peace yeah. and have been incredibly confused about all these names, like I <laughs> yeah. am being now. You know, so I think that's fine. And that's why I was trying to help you. I was guiding your memory through. Okay, Steve, are you ready? I'm ready, Will. Let's do this. 
fantastic in three, two, one. War or peace? Is that Dr. Lorraine's wife? Why is she screaming? Stop whipping me! We're looking for Kutuzov. What's next for bag ration? Kutuzov's only got one eye. Awkward silence. Beep, beep, <laughs> beep. No awkward silence here, Steve, because that was fantastic. Oh, listen, listen, you. listen to that. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Refresh our mind. What was the chapter called? Oh, I've been very clever here, if I do say Go so on. myself. I've called it War or Peace. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a potential choice yeah. between the two. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. I feel like that won't be the first time that that happens, but... No. You know, we've used that great title now. It's out there. What what a title. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you reckon, Will? Do you think this is going to be the turning point in the war? It's tough. It's really hard to call because from what I've seen so far, the Russians are very bad at war mm. and the French appear to be very good at war. <laughs> yes, it's a problem. <laughs> and it's so a problem. I don't know if that's, you know, caused some bias in the way I'm reading into things, but it seems like it's all a bit hopeless. Maybe they should all just go back to Russia and just have some more parties, stuff like that. One last Daniel Cooper into the sunset. You could see him coopering over the horizon. It can't get more (laughs) beautiful than that. Let's end on that image, Will. Goodbye. Thank you again. We say this every week, but we really do mean it. Thank you for listening to War and Peace in just seven years. Another episode. Thank you. 39, nearly 40. Fantastic stuff. If you could do one thing to help the podcast this week, it would just be, of course, leave a review and tell someone about the podcast. Jake left a fantastic review and the more reviews there are, the better. So please, if you've enjoyed it, just spend a couple of minutes after this and just leave a review. Go to wapin7.com forward slash rate and all the information's there. We thank you very much in advance. And on that note, just for you, here are the silly bits. But Black Friday's already happened. What is this Cyber Monday? <laughs> I, can't, I can't make the same joke again. <laughs> you, I don't know. I don't know how many Black Friday Cyber Monday jokes it's acceptable to have. I it think, can't happen again. I think none was the acceptable number. Now I've made it twice. <laughs> happening all the time it's not even a good joke we're just desperately trying to find an analogy for being busy uh-huh. <laughs> look i'm sorry to interrupt but i've got to take my jumper off now um this is <laughs> oh my god this jumper this is, is made awful. out of quite a lot of synthetic polyesters and stuff like that all right and it's making me sweat so okay uh, just bear with me i'm sorry about this that's fine just take it off you don't need to give me a bloody description how else do you get flayed i thought the horses were running so quickly their skin came off no, that's not that's not possible. <laughs> All right, this is why we chatted through, though, isn't it? We have these yeah. chats to yeah, get yeah, this yeah. stuff out. God, you're lucky. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. lucky that we have to get these around half an hour, otherwise you would look like such a <laughs> massive idiot, <laughs> a complete simple man. Sorry about that. That's what you get for buying cheap cheap clothes, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, you were saying. 